Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. You just know Sometimes you feel it in your bones Though I've heard hearts can still be wrong Something's telling me that you're the Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. This is Just Keep Shipping or How to Begin from Nothing. You're probably not going to like this one. You're going to say that it oversimplifies things and it's not that simple and it's not that easy and you don't understand. Um, And I hear you. And also, um, sometimes it is this simple, especially for the overthinkers among you that are get lost in logistics. Um, beginning from nothing and embracing the art of the experiment uh, is a great place to start. And um, stripping away all the inessential details is a good, good strategy for beginning a new thing. So I want to talk about this because often when I talk with people uh, during coaching, they're, they're sitting on a thing that they've been working on for a long time and they haven't given it any effort beyond making it. So they make it like, let's say, a workshop and, and when I ask, like, are you going to do it again? Or what, what's going to happen with that? Or what are you going to do with that? Or uh, it's often like, oh, that's nothing. That's, that's, eh. Um, and sometimes it's like, well, that thing sold out. And it's like my favorite thing that I ever did. And I love it so much. And oh my God, it has so much potential for growth. And okay, what are you going to do? Well, mm. <laughs> um, And my hope is that if you have something that you really enjoy doing and that you enjoy bringing to the world, that we can find a way to keep shipping, to iterate on it, to bring it to more people, to begin from nothing, to bring it to people in a new way, uh, to make it alive and vital and to keep it that way for some time. So I want to talk about how to begin from nothing, how to start a thing, and then how to just keep shipping, how to just keep bringing the next thing to your work, regardless of whether it fits with the last thing or it makes sense or it makes your accountant happy or your mom happy or your partner happy. Um, This is something that I know something about simply because I've done this for more than 10 years now um, with a bunch of job titles, a bunch of descriptions and a bunch of like, oh, I'm just me doing a thing and I'm taking the next step for me 
regardless of whether that seems to fit in with my overall pattern in life or not. That's how I do it. And this is how I do it. Uh, so first you make something up, you get the word out about it and you accept dollars for the thing you've made up. That's how to begin from nothing. Make something up, get the word out about it, accept dollars for the thing you've made up. That seems ridiculously simple. That seems naive. And that also seems patronizing because like no shit, but it's not no shit. Often people make something up and then don't tell anyone about it, or they make something up and they give it away for free. Mm hmm. <laughs> so make something up, get the word out about it, accept dollars for the thing you've made up. That's actually a very tricky thing to do because accepting dollars means you'll have to have a bank account. You'll have to have a square account. You'll have to put a price on it. You'll have to accept money for it. You'll have to receive dollars for it. That is a very different thing than I have a thing for free to give out. Or often people make something up and then say nothing about it. Like, they say it's their favorite thing. Oh my God, I love it so much. So I'm like, okay, show me on your website where it is. We'll look at the sales page together. It's not on the website. It's not on Instagram. You have to hear about it via like secret squirrel memo that arrives via Acorn once a year. Um, it's incredibly difficult for some people to talk about a thing once they've made it up. So if you need to write this on post-it notes, it is make something up, get the word out about it, accept dollars for the thing you've made up. There it is. And that may or may not include a website, an email list, a social media presence, and or a change of job. Those things are not required. It will most definitely involve risk, leaving your comfort zone, asking for help, and failing. Lots of failing. By virtue of making up a new thing that's never been done before, which I argue, if you in particular have never picked up a, let's say a camera and made photographs that's never been done before. So it's going to involve failing on your part. It's going to involve leaving your comfort zone. It's going to involve asking for help and it's going to involve learning. Learning and failing are basically synonymous. We hide behind plans and structures, strategies and investors, sure things and experts, but there's no real way to know how a thing you've made up will do until you introduce it to the world. There's just no way to know. Like Hulu is a brilliant idea, but if it comes one day after Netflix, it's maybe not as good, right? Um, or it's gonna have a different competitor or people are gonna think you copied. Like it's important that when you have it, you introduce it to the world, that you don't sit on it and then say, I had an idea for this 15 years ago. That is not helpful. So go on, make the thing and then introduce it to the world. And then I brought in a big gun cause you're gonna think, no, 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 that's not how you do it. You perfect and perfect and perfect and perfect, sit on it for a decade, get everyone to sign off on it, and then put a ton of money into it that you hope to recoup at some point or, or to regain at some point. Uh, Seth Godin says, I've had many, many, many products. The vast majority of the things I've written or created, the organizations I built fail, but the reason I've managed a modicum of success is because I just keep shipping. We are tempted to hide, to give up, or to go back to the old way of doing something once we've perceived something as a failure, which is often, but Seth tells us to just keep shipping. So that idea you've got, ship it. That thing you're sitting on, ship it. That movement you want to start, ship it. Unless it's the Proud Boys or white supremacy or right-wing craziness. Otherwise, don't ship it. <laughs> Ship 10 things and two will succeed. That's better than shipping one thing and having it fail, right? 
It feels too big, too important, or too grand. It's not ready. It needs more of this and less of that. It took nine years of my life. What's another year? It will never feel ready. So ship it. This is why writers have deadlines, because without an editor and a deadline, in many cases, the books that we love most in the world would never see the light of day because they never feel ready, except like, well, it's March 21st and this shit's due, so it's going now. What are you perfecting, tweaking, or planning? What's been an idea lurking in your brain for the past few weeks, months, years, or decades? What is it you want to do, but you feel like you just freaking can't because you're too scared, because you don't know enough, or because someone else has a slightly similar version and you're afraid you'll end up copying him or her or them, even though you know that's a lame excuse and really yours is completely different. If you feel seen, yes, you're welcome. What do you need to set a deadline for now? because I dare you to set it. And it doesn't need to be like next week that this thing happens, but saying I'm working on a workshop. Oh, when is the workshop? Ah. Having a date on the calendar means you'll do it. So please just fucking ship it. And I'm not even being mean to you. It might feel a little mean, but here's the thing. When we give one idea, concept, or blueprint too much attention, it can suck away our momentum, tank our mojo, and keep us from shipping. Right, So we slip into overwhelm, we slip into overthinking, we slip into second guessing, we get further and further away from the intuitive hits and the life of the idea that kept us making the thing in the first place. Your brain will tell you that shipping and shipping and shipping does your clients a disservice. It will say that you should tweak and twerk, that your clients deserve only perfection, that they couldn't possibly embrace the state of your creation as it is right now. Only... What if it launches and it's missed the mark? Three months of work into it, that's devastating. Three years or three decades into it, you will never recover. That's the part where you let your people have at it, whatever it is, and then you tweak. So it gets to some point where it's ready. You release it. You listen. You add features or streamline the whole venture. You let the dead bits fall to the wayside. You add life to the parts your peeps embrace or have questions about. You let your clients inform your work and your work inform your clients in a glorious cycle that goes up and up and up and around and around into something way better than you could ever have created without their input. In other words, you let your clients help you do your work and in turn they help guide you into better work. When you're holding tight to perfectionism, you're not holding tight to your truest work. They deserve to see what you're making, not to be teased with it until it's been beaten and battered within an inch of its life. To say it a different way, when you're striving for perfection, you can erode the fundamental spirit of a thing. You lose an edge here, a corner there, you keep chipping away and suddenly the life is gone. Sometimes the spirit is in the flaws. Sometimes the charm is in letting us see your humanity, like Brene Brown doing her Netflix special wearing clogs. Someone let her do that, and I love that person for not taking her clogs away from her. <laughs> Sometimes the most sacred bits are the parts your, distractor, your detractors might call mistakes. Sometimes the best parts of a program are found in the outtakes. I still wish I had access to when I paid a bunch of money to do a video series for Brand Camp five years ago. I wish I had footage of the outtakes because they are funny 
in and of themselves. The world makes a big fuss about perfection, but the act of iterating is infinitely more sexy. When you find yourself in the make it perfect, make it perfect, make it perfect loop, ask yourself whether what you're making hums with life. Ask a friend who loves you where it sings and where it falls flat. Ask if the whole thing reflects who you are and where you are in the world, or if you've accidentally picked up someone else's voice, or worse, someone else's aspirations. Ask them if it feels like you. Does it feel like kids covered in mud or dogs digging in sand or those moments when you first picked up the instruments of your profession and thought, this is what I want to do with my life? If it does, no further polishing is required. Let us see the work. Let your slightly wibbly bits sing out to ours and make new off-key but lovely music together. We'd rather have a spirited something than a lifeless lump of perfection. To bring this to light in a very simple way, where have, there are some questions for you. You can pause me when you need to, you know the drill. What have I been sitting on, waiting for, or polishing for way too long? So if there's a workshop, an event, a convention, a speech, a product, a service, a collaboration that you have been just sort of waiting, that noise, that indecisive, indeterminate noise, that's the thing. Let's get that thing out. Where am I dragging my feet is another great question. What can I get to market in the next six weeks? Holy shit. Now remember, it doesn't mean you have a workshop and so the workshop takes place within the next six weeks. It means, can you get a sales page up and can you get a person signed up in the next six weeks? Probably the answer is yes. No, really, if you give it your all, what can you get to market in the next six weeks? And if that's just like, the next eight weeks. And in case you're like, oh, this is useless and stupid and terrible, Pablo Picasso painted his masterpiece, Guernica, in under a month. New York Times bestselling author Jane Green writes her novels in six months. Jack Kerouac wrote On the Road in less than 30 days. My favorite poems always fall out in 20 minutes or less. Because when it's ready, it's ready. Don't discount something just because you haven't wallowed in it for a decade or more. Or... Do give credit to that which has lived within you for a decade or more and stop, stop dragging your feet on it. Please, you're killing me. <laughs> okay, we want to see what it is you're working on and we want to see it now instead of when it's been overthought and overthought and overthought and overthought and overthought and overthought, and overthought 10 years from now. And if you're like, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know how to begin. I don't know what this is about. Um, and you, you're at the beginning stages of business where there feels like there's some fundamental piece of business that you need to figure out. Here's the thing. I've written three books, all of which can be useful to you. Let me tell you about them. One, go your own way, free yourself from business as usual is all about handling the basics of business in a way that is approachable and fun and doable. 
Introverts at Work is about selling and marketing techniques for quiet with a capital Q people. So if you identify as an introvert and you're like, I can't possibly sell, I will help you write copy and sell things from your website without having to do a whole lot of one-on-one -on -one interaction. And calling to the deep, business as a spiritual practice is, is inclined toward those who have been in business for a while, meaning three to five years or more. Um, and you, you keep coming up against these same patterns and these same places where you're asked to do more or to go deeper and you don't know what to do or how to do it or what that looks like. And you don't give yourself permission to fail ever. That's the book for you. Those are all pay what you can price at kristenkelp.com slash shop. So you have no excuse in terms of like, I am so, so happy to help you. And one of the ways that I help is like, the books are pay what you can. I really can't make it any easier because people don't value what's free typically. So go pay a thing, get yourself one of those and get to work because we need you to just keep shipping. We need you to begin from nothing. We need you to make up systems and structures and products and services and places and ideas and events and seminars that we have never seen before because this shit that the world has been doing, this old white dude's in charge um, this Mitch McConnell type shit in the Senate, it's not the way forward. Those patterns are breaking. Let's make new ways forward. And to do that, you've got to participate in the ongoing unfolding of the universe. The ideas that are in your notebook or tucked away or on a hard drive that no one has ever seen or will ever see are not capable of benefiting the rest of us. You're going to have to share it at some point and you might as well start now. So again, if you need any of my books, kristenkelp.com slash shop. If you have a question, a comment, an idea for a podcast, you want to weigh in, k at kristenkelp.com. You want to follow me on Instagram, k, k-a-l-p. You got this. Let's do this thing. May you find the courage to begin from nothing and show us what you got. May you just keep shipping even when you're scared, even when you're lonely, even when you're sure it won't work. May you approach failure as learning and not as a life sentence. And may you approach success exactly the same way. May you never lose the spirit that comes to you with ideas, with insights, and with great, great joy, asking you to bring your work to the world. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now 
And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.